Hi John, Arfed here. Um, I've been a volunteer now for the last nine years at the UK Games Expo and a team leader for, I think this is my fourth year looking after the volunteers, so team leader for the volunteers. Uh, a green shirt, you might know, know us as. But anyway, um, hearing that you, Lloyd, and the other GMs and all the other players had a great time is what it's all about. That's what makes us work so hard to get the event going and keep it going throughout the weekend. Um, added it up, it was about 36 hours of work for me, so I didn't get much time off to come and visit. Um, I did pop my head in Sunday morning, had a quick word with Lloyd, um, but next year I'll be looking to yeah get in on this game on demand. Anyway, so glad you had a good time and look forward to next year. Cheers. Thanks for the message there, Arfed. And I would just like to say thank you to yourself and to all of the, the volunteers, the, the the green shirts, etc., who work tirelessly like absolute goddamn legendary heroes to make sure that the UK Games Expo is the great convention that it is and that everyone there has as good a time as possible certainly things like games on demand and various other things would not be able to happen without the cooperation and the help of all of the various staff involved in the uk games expo so thank you very much to all of you who are involved in that capacity for bringing this great convention to us and making sure everything runs as smoothly as possible hopefully as you say see you next year at the games on demand tables are fed maybe even get you and colin into a game take care dude catch you soon Welcome back to the Red Dice Diaries, a rambling journey through the wonderful world of RPGs with me, your host, John Allen Lodge. So for this episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Eldritch Tales game that I ran at UK Games Expo 2019. Eldritch Tales is a game written by Joseph D. Salvador and is an OSR game with a sort of Lovecraftian theme to it. Now, one of the things I particularly like about this game is, as well as having your, your sort of classes, as is standard in most OSR games, although obviously they're tweaked to reflect the sort of classic 1920s plus sort of Lovecraft era. One of the things I like about it is you have skills and occupational specialities in the game. And the way making a test works in the game is you look at your skills, you have the normal six sort of D&D-ish skills, strength, dex, con, intelligence, wisdom and charisma. Depending on what score you have, you get a modifier and also you get a a number range from 1 to 6 so with a strength of 15 you have a range of 4 to 6 and what that means is when you try and do a feat of strength you roll a d6 if you get a 4 to 6 you've succeeded if you don't you haven't obviously the lower your scores are the less likely you are to actually succeed and the way class skills work which are obviously based on your class so for instance the combatant who has the occupation police officer gets things like um, 
the stereotypical like fighter's ability where they fight enemies of one hit point or less, they get extra attacks per level. They can use any weapons and armor, and they also get um, a plus one on any role involving athletics, first aid, knowledge, military, and drive. And there's a little bit of wiggle room with that, but those are the ones I went for for the pre-gen characters. In addition to class skills, which as I've said, give you a plus one to your role, you also get occupational specialities. So for instance, with our combatant police officer, pre-gen, he had drive automobile, first aid, knowledge law, and perception. Now, if you're making a test where your occupational speciality is applicable, you get to roll 2d6 and choose the better result. So it's sort of like the advantage mechanic from D&D 5th edition. So as you can see, if you've got like a good attribute score and you've got a skill and you've got a speciality that's applicable, you stand quite a good chance of succeeding, which sort of gives the game a little bit of a... I suppose like a slightly more pulpy flavour than something like Call of Cthulhu or some of the more sort of hardline Cthulhu games. But I really enjoy that sort of vibe, especially for a one-shot. Now, in the game that I ran at UK Games Expo, obviously we only had two hours, so I crafted a fairly simple scenario where all of the PCs had been summoned to a dig site in the Valley of Kings, by their old friend Professor Carl Hagen. Allegedly, he discovered a previously unknown pharaoh's burial chamber. The night before the chamber was to be opened, there was a blood-curdling scream from Professor Hagen's tent. Now, that's the sort of opening that I've got written down on an index card, but there was a few moments for like people to chat about their characters and define them and sort of have a bit of a talk about how they knew each other and stuff like that, just to like ease them into playing their characters. Inevitably, eventually, they find that Professor Hagen is dead and there is a huge hole torn in his abdomen. And over the course of their investigations, they discover that Professor Hagen was actually dying and had a large sort of tumorous growth in his stomach. This growth has torn itself free and has burst out of his stomach, killing him. More shenanigans ensue, and they eventually discover that the burial chamber belongs to a, a strange figure that appears to have been wiped from the annals of history known as the Black Pharaoh. Anyone who is familiar with Lovecraft will instantly recognise that this is Nyarlathotep, which I'm not going to deny. You know, it's a, a two-hour game. I think it's important in a short game to go with themes that people know and that are recognisable to enable people to jump straight in there. After all, the longer you spend explaining the rules and the setting to people, the less time you actually get to game. And that's been really crystallised for me with since doing work involving games on demand, where we don't even have the normal sort of three, four hour sessions. It's literally a two hour snapshot slash taster session. So as they go on, they discover other odd and unusual facts. There's a couple of like the local guides who are arguing. One of them doesn't want to risk a, a pharaoh's curse, but needs the money to support his family. The other's just there to look after his brother and doesn't trust these foreigners who've come in. They're trying to steal effects from Egypt. There is a... Another member of the dig from England, uh, Richard Smythe, who is secretly a sort of strange half-ghoul creature who is working for a cult who worship Nyarlathotep. And depending on how the players sort of worked this, 
eventually they discover the tomb it's like a small opening lowers into a ventilation shaft and inside that they would find this seemingly embalmed corpse with its arms raised which would only be roused by moonlight striking it and then it was up to them how they stopped that and stopped the ghoul cult from resurrecting Nyarlathota. We had, I think I ran it twice, the first group decided to basically like pack the place with explosives and blow it up, which not a bad idea as far as it goes. Unfortunately, it did lead to a couple of the players getting sucked down into the tomb as the sand and the ceiling collapse the writer the author in the group who'd managed to secure the occult tome that professor hogan had deciphered to lead him to the burial chamber still held on to the bug and survived the shifting sands however he and his companion were not allowed to get back in the escape jeep by their companion a sort of shrewd sly businesswoman who had an eye for a deal but definitely was not willing to risk her life over some book that her companions had become strangely obsessed with and at the end of that game she left them behind driving off to Cairo got herself on a plane and headed out for safety about a, a few days later these two crazed and sun-starved individuals carrying this book between them emerged from the sands into Cairo and disappeared into the throngs of people therein. It was a really enjoyable game, had great fun with it, all the players seemed to really enjoy it. The system is dead simple. If you're interested in OSR games at all, I highly recommend you give Eldritch Towers a look. I believe it's on Drive Through RPG. I hope to be doing a, a more detailed review of it at some point when I get the time, but had great fun running it. I love the I love the sort of feat, skill, and specialities mechanic. That's definitely something I can see myself nicking for other OSR-style games. As well as the fact, hey, it's it's about Cthulhu and the Cthulhu Mythos, and I'm a massive fan of that. It sort of tends to bleed into most of the games I run, so I really cannot say enough about... So I really can't say enough good things about this book. I think Joseph Salvador has done a great job with it. And I highly recommend you give it a look if you have the least interest in the Cthulhu Mythos and or OSR gaming. Brings me to an interesting point now. I was talking on Twitter about this earlier where I was saying one of the things I was a little bit concerned about going into this year's UK Games Expo since Eldritch Tales and ostensibly a number of my games had a sort of horror flavour to them. I was a little bit concerned about how easy or difficult it would be to and capture that sort of mood of horror in the space of two hours. Now, normally, especially with the Cthulhu mythos, I'd prefer to do a slow build-up, building up the menace, and then you have like your big reveal at the end, possibly with some other like sort of small scares along the way. But that's really not an option when you've only got two hours to play with. And if you think about people getting in character, uh, rolling dice, all the system bits that aren't actually like talking about the game or describing stuff or contributing to the mood, then you've probably really only got like an hour and a half. So rather than sort of worry too much about, well, is everyone going to be scared about this? How can I sort of make this horrifying? Because... Obviously, as well, you can't just purely go for the shock value and the gratuitous gore because you don't really know who you've got at the table and some people may not like that sort of vibe. 
I mean, it was obvious from the start that it was going to be a Cthulhu game and it was going to be a, a horror game, but still, you don't know who you've got at the table. And I was thankful that we had things like the X card and various other structures in place to help people if they did feel uncomfortable. Although they weren't used, it was nice for me as a GM to know that they were there. So if anyone did feel uncomfortable, they could just hold up an X card, we could fade to black and move on, and everyone can carry on having a good time. But as I said, I didn't worry too much about the sort of horror element because of the time constraint. I simply created sort of scenes that pulled on common horror tropes whether that be from films or stories and relied on the players to jump in and really embrace it and they did not let me down so for instance we at one point we had a chase where they were in the jeep the businesswoman was driving the jeep there was the soldier and the policeman on the back with guns they were being chased by these loping canine like ghouls across the sand and that summed up for me like the old greats like indiana jones um, the, the sort of brendan fraser version of the mummy and all those sort of good old pulp films you know there's like a monster after the heroes and they're desperately trying to get away from them we had the the part where one of the characters was lowered down through the ventilation shaft on a rope surrounded by darkness with only their lantern illuminating a small patch of it enabling us to do a slightly slower reveal as the light panned up as they asked to be pulled up revealing this bandaged up figure of the black pharaoh and these like i say these are all sort of common tropes the sinking sands etc but they're stuff that players immediately sort of they know what's going on they can get involved with that and they can get on with the game and concentrate on having a good time realistically do i think i'm going to scare the pants off my players in two hours no of course i don't i do think it's very possible to have a game featuring horror tropes and horror elements that everyone can role play appropriately with can enjoy and still have a really fun game and that was certainly aided by eldritch tales which i got some great ideas from the gming section so that was really useful and i had a great group of players who were really willing to embrace that whole idea of the sort of egyptian horror sort of pharaoh's curse style vibe that was going on in the game with a bit of a bit of a dash of the old like hammer horror film sort of vibe thrown in there so that seemed to work really well so as i say i highly recommend eldritch tales i'll certainly be looking to run it again and most definitely will be looking to take elements out of it to use in other osr games so i've been john from red dice diaries hope you've enjoyed the episode if you want to leave me a message feel free to drop me a voicemail on anchor or you can contact me on twitter facebook all the usual things until i see you next time take care and whatever you're playing have fun take care